You're listening to the Irish Times. Happy Christmas, Pat. Happy Christmas, Marky. It is uh, Christmas Eve, and we are reviewing the sports here. I now know how Graham Norton feels all those nights mm. when he's on thing because it is totally Christmas Eve, and we're absolutely recording Christmas this Eve. on Christmas Eve <laughs> for people who are driving home for Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wherever you are, however the weather is, enjoy it on your way and enjoy us tiptoeing through the uh, sporting year. And uh, it's a sort of sports review of the year. It's our version of a sports review of the year. For which we have brought in sort of experts. Uh, Mary Hannigan. Sort of happy Christmas. And Gavin Komsky. How's it going? You should be driving home on the 23rd or 22nd though. You should be driving home yeah. on the 24th. Well, you know, people's it's lives. Risky, you know? People have very busy lives. It's very tough. you got to do what you got to do. You're making people feel bad about going home, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, happy yeah, anyway, you're from Dublin. <laughs> you know, you never had to do the go home for Christmas thing. That's true. Uh, so, the gathered experts we have decided, instead of uh, faithfully going through every sporting event that happened this year, of which ov- the obvious highlight is the birth of the Added Time podcast. Oh, very good. Yeah, I was wondering where you were going. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jesus, but it's the podcast. All right. Shh, that's tomorrow. Oh, oh you're yeah, right. Yeah. Shh. Uh, we decided to go through a couple of personal highlights or a highlight each or something we were at each or something that struck us or grabbed us as we went along. Um, and we're going to do them in no particular order and people will just have to guess what we're not going to talk about. Because <laughs> <laughs> there will be plenty of that too because there has been, as there is every year, a lot of sport. Um, I guess generally, I've enjoyed the year of sport. It's been a brilliant year from an Irish point of view yeah. for sport. I saw somebody on Twitter comment on how on what a terrible year and I thought did they watch any sport at all? We've had world champions in boxing we've had a, a renaissance in our in athletics <laughs> world cup finalists in hockey uh, uh, 90 gymnast. medals I think uh, some, they 90 that? medals yeah something senior like that yeah between junior, senior like junior and all that yeah. sort of carry on Yeah, it's a pretty decent year it's a great year yeah. and like, we're the greatest rugby team well, ever, ever. you're going to gloss over the dubs aren't you? this is it this is the only chat about the dubs <laughs> this <is the> whole <laughs> section <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> we're blown. <laughs> Who had two minutes, 29 seconds? <laughs> anyway, we got it on the record. So <laughs> we, can, we can move on. Protest lodged. <laughs> uh, yes, we would. No, we will talk. We will talk a little about the dubs, uh, but not uh, not as much as we maybe should. Um, where will we start? Who will we start with? Gavin Komsky. Tis the Irish Times Sports Review of the year after all. We may as well start with the rugby. Uh Greatest ever year for Irish rugby? Yeah. Not much we can do say like, about that. There's no first way. First I think it stands alone no matter what, even what happens now. We keep going at the 2019 World Cup and all that. Mm. I don't. It, this has to stand alone because of everything. Yeah. Grand Slam, winning a series in Australia and that marvellous night in the Viva Stadium against the All Blacks. There for Sexton in behind Draki to switch the point of attack to the left-hand side. Stockdale, that chip works out. That chip works really well. That was Jacob scoring his magnificent try against the All Blacks, but it's probably his second, maybe third best try of the year. Twickenham being the best, mm. simply because of the weather and his little, his little dunt with his shin and holding off two guys and getting it before the ball and let it play at Eddie Jones's extended dead ball line. Um, and then the last that actually, why was that 
dead ball line extended for that game? Was there a particular reason? Um, yeah, it was because they wanted to put kicks in behind Ireland. They wanted to do to Ireland what Ireland did to them. Um, and so they added on like a, a two feet yeah, which, into that two it was feet just, he got the try. Bit of egg in his Car- Karma's a bitch, really. Yeah, yeah <laughs> really and truly. Like, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to go all the way back, but I do because that Grand Slam win was just phenomenal because of the conditions and there was one stage in it where it just seemed most games most kind of epic games kind of go real quick the one in Twickenham because of the weather I can't emphasise how like it was sub-zero temperatures but you're just it watching it was around the time of the big snow of course yeah, yeah. it was it was unbelievable yeah. it was vicious weather like that getting out of Twickenham was hellish that night mm. the homecoming had to be called that's right yeah, I'd yeah, say yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Twickenham was worse it was around that area was I just like to get back to Teddington just to stay and right. to go to my Nando's and celebrate the Grand Slam. But the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, it was, uh, I remember watching the game with 20 minutes to go and you could just see Murray and Sexton just chatting to each other real casually, breaks in play, just mo- loads of breaks in play and the two of them just going, yeah, it was, you, you talk about people being in a zone, the two of them were just they're like, just, just like, we're going to do this, we're going to do that and it was, they were just so calm and just, they knew that they had they were going to keep it and they were going to re- they were almost like they weren't like in, like they weren't savoring the moment or anything like that but you could see it that they were in there was this glow <laughs> about what they were about what they were going to keep doing and keep controlling and keep pushing the English back but the night that I think the night that lingers forever from 2018 in the rugby sense is what happened against the All Blacks um, like it was actually difficult to work at us because like I got there I lost my temper Frank McNally was on one side of me and Jerry was on the other side of me I lost my temper when the the hacker started because it was their Capo Pango hacker which is the longer version and I was like look at these fuckers like they're, they're going they're doing the longer version of yeah, this yeah. trying like and I actually took insult from it yeah. I was like, I'm here to do a job to report on the game just talk about yeah. talk about Conor Murray being in the yeah, zone my I, god <laughs> like uh, at that stage I actually like started talking it there going like how dare they do this and <laughs> I was like okay reel it in you know like, uh, and there was a couple of moments like that in the game where afterwards um, like the watching Watching Brody Vitalik blow a gasket, you know, mm. watching Dev Toner and James Ryan target him, and um, like again, the try is is the magical part of it and all that. And but there was just so many little things like Brody Vitalik getting getting slammed around, and he clearly had run out of juice. The best second row in the world, this unbreakable monster, had run out of juice from Twickenham, and Ireland knew it and sensed it and went after him and after mm. him and after him and put him on his arse a load of times. Kieran Reid was ragdolled around the place as well a few times. Like brutally, like yeah, for the Stockdale try, actually, I think he fell on badly on his neck. Mm. Probably should have left the pitch, but New Zealand All Black captains don't leave the pitch, so he stayed on. Probably to the detriment of his team, you yeah. know. Um, they uh, afterwards it was really funny. Like I think I've said this before, we were down in the mix zone, and the editors, to their credit, are great leaders. They just ripped up the script and the paper, the front of the paper yeah. was. It was a really, really special. So we did a wrap around that weekend. Yeah, we did yeah. a wrap around the sports section. And the front was the circle with Keith Earls' daughter in the middle of it and Bundy Aki singing away. Um, there was, so we all kind of felt a bit of responsibility after when you calm down to do some good work. Like I just wrote about uh, Peter O'Mahony. Mm. The game always will always belong to Peter O'Mahony for what he did in the little bits and pieces he did throughout the game. I remember Keith was writing about, Keith Duggan was writing about the All Blacks and in the mix zone afterwards, myself, Keith and Johnny were kind of figuring out what we're going to do. Like Johnny was going to do Stockdale and Keith was like going, yeah, it really feels like we're about to enter this dark forest of revenge. 
<laughs> just what Steve Hansen had said. Like Steve Hansen was like, "Yeah, you're the best in the world now. Let's see how you wear that." Yeah, you know? and yeah. We were like, "Whoa!" <laughs> there's a long respect. There's a and long, long way down from here. Yeah. yeah, there was, there was just, it was, it was again. It was one of those nights where normally when a night like that happens and you're a reporter, you work until two, three a.m. and you just go for it. And, yeah. I, and I've done this loads of times where after we've won, you win a Six Nations in Paris or you're at a World Cup or something like that, and you just work. You go back to your hotel room or you go back home and you work till 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. Literally just going through the transcription to see if there's nuggets and trying to trying to find a good mm. 700 word piece or a good thousand words, something that you can pull out of it. That night at 11 o'clock, I went, what am I doing? I just closed my laptop and went, <laughs> went, to, went, went to, to my, my local. Yeah, 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 I just yeah, wanted yeah. to hang out with people. You know, yeah. It had to be done. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> and it was just it's one of those times where you go, ah, oh, come on, like, mm. you know, I gotta... Because Dublin was ablaze that night. Yeah. It was just... <clears throat> you've been doing uh, the the apart from all the other fantastic stuff you do. You've been doing this the TV column for a long time here. A lot of lot of sh- bad years for Irish rugby. A lot of bad matches to to try and write about. You always had Hook and Popey though. I, well, this is true. But I'm looking at you. This is though. different now. It is, and I'm watching Gav here reliving all of this. Yeah. It's like you know these matches are just happening in front of his eyes, and I'm thinking how unfair life is you think of Emmett Malone the year he has had watching the Irish football team contrasted with the year you've had I mean how can life be that unfair really? Emmett to be fair to him is quite uh, he's quite phlegmatic about it all wrote, Emmett, wrote a, yeah. a, Emmett wrote, wrote, a, wrote a great piece about being on an overnight train in Russia though remember that's right that's right so he, <laughs> at least he, he did, had the he World Cup he did have the World Cup kicks yeah. along yeah. the did, way yeah. Yeah. at least yeah if he hadn't the World Cup I mean he just now would be sitting in a bar somewhere on his 12th box but I'd say I'd say for you for your TV column it's, it's more fun to write about them when they were crap than now it's completely it's yeah. just tragic <laughs> it's just this conveyor belt of success because there's there's no fun in that at all at all but um, yeah it's been remarkable and I think I mean I, I, I think for us who just dip into the, the big moments in rugby or as Gav is there week in week out the drop goal in Paris I think was probably the single most dramatic gut-wrenchingly exciting moment of the year. It's incredible. You know, you get, you get to the end of the year and that's forgotten. All. I know, I know. There was, there was no mistakes in it. I watched it uh, last you week. You watch it every day. I watched it last week as an assignment. <laughs> they wanted 450 words on it. Um, so I went through it again and there's a YouTube clip where they do the interstellar uh, music for all 41 <laughs> phases. <laughs> so it's brilliant, you know. And it's, again, it's, it's Sexton and Murray and on so it's forty one phases or forty two phases I think when he hit the drop goal and on twenty five phases he nips back into the pocket yeah. and then he was like no he couldn't Ian Henderson will get me two yards C J Stanley will get me two yards it's the cam like and then I'll clip it and that was a really again that was a really difficult week around rugby because of the the, the trial in Belfast mm. and yeah, of course a lot yeah. of things happened on the Wednesday when they did a day off with um, Rory Best and Ian Henderson being pictured like going into the trial and all that so it was, it was like a, a real tense and difficult time to be kind of working and reporting on these things but the game itself it was the start of the start of the demo special year mm. for Irish mm. rugby mm. Um, yeah that drop goal was just insane I know and I but it still was the control over it like you know and like I mean I I would certainly be of a vintage when those moments went against you and you know mm. and there weren't many great days in Paris so it, it was just kind of watching the composure and the calm and the confidence you know just they, to they needed get that to, like, but Sexton said afterwards he goes like our number one priority is to win a Grand Slam mm. and it was we were about to lose a Grand Slam yeah. it was about to disappear yeah. and it was like Bellew the young French out half had a had a penalty 
to win the game, to put them four points up. The Irish scrum had just been destroyed by the French and he missed it by like a couple of inches. And Sexton was in the dead ball area. He caught it and sprinted to the 22 and dropped off before the French were properly organised. Mm-hmm. Ian Henderson caught it and that was phase one of, four, mm-hmm. of 42 phases. Yeah. And it was three minutes left yeah. on the clock. Yeah. Um, like it was the man was just like, I am going to win in Paris yeah. and we are going to start this on this, this Grand it. Slam march. Yeah. Hence the World Player of the Year 11 months later. You know. Indeed. And uh, at the end of a year like this, rugby gets, it's it's absolute due, you know, because it is, it has been a phenomenal year. Like we haven't even mentioned Leinster, you know, what, what they did, how you can cup all of great, them. Great few days in Bilbao. <laughs> or a little so. satellite town just outside Bilbao. Um, we got in on, I think it was the Wednesday or something. Um, that was again a, br- a brilliant uh Kind of a brilliant experience, mm. you know what I mean? Just to be in that part of the world and going to this huge game of rugby that was like Champions Cup final again, it was just it was so gripping, like it was so tight and Sexton couldn't kick it. So Eason Asiwa was the hero, you know, who guided them home and that Leinster team, what they did, a lot of it goes to Stuart Lancaster and like Sexton, he has mentioned it repeatedly, what him and like, he's never been challenged before by anyone until Lancaster, mm. the way Lancaster challenges him. Yeah, um, which is <laughs> which, considering he spent half his career with Joe Schmidt, he's convinced him. He's convinced him he's going to be Tom Brady, like you know. And he's, so he's got another eight years in the game. That means. Um, so that's the rugby year. You're hurling, Pat. Yeah, well, you have a hurling moment, but we'll extrapolate it to talk about the hurling year. I guess. I think we have a clip. Even mm. um, this is my hurling highlight of the year. Three minutes are going to be added. Here's a shot from Tom Morrissey in the added time and he's put it over the bar and put Limerick ahead. Limerick lead 122 to 26 points. How did you choose one moment from the hurling year? It was a fairly special hurling year, wasn't it? It was an absolutely incredible hurling year and the kickoff for it was the, the revamped shape of the championship. Right. It went into the the round robin versions of Munster and Leinster and people weren't really sure how that would work out and would the crowds even take to this idea of there not being immediate knockout and kind of instant gratification of the championship. But what completely just fell in the favour was that Munster had a almost comical year where you could throw a hat over all the five teams. They were all very level and Leinster was super competitive as well. And it just meant, like if you have a tight hurling game played to a high standard, you're going to have phenomenal entertainment. And so the hurling season just took off. And because Dublin looks so obviously miles clear of the pack in football, hurling just took over uh, even more Another so. dig. Another dig at the Dubs. Yeah, sorry, Gav. That's completely unnecessary. It's relentless, Gav, isn't it? But everybody loved the... I think what are we listening to there? But what we're listening to there was Tom Morrissey scored the winning point, uh, or the game-clinching point, mm. we'll call it, in the All-Ireland quarterfinal against Kilkenny. Now... The All-Ireland hurling semi-final weekend was what people really fell over themselves about when... when, um, Both games were drawn. Both games were drawn and there were two astonishing games back-to-back. But I thought this was the game of the year. uh, Between Limerick and Kilkenny. Between Limerick and Kilkenny in Thurdus. Partly because Kilkenny have a vice-like grip over the the minds of the hurling world that maybe people kind of don't even realise. Well, and especially the uh, the up-and-comers. Yes. You know, that, and like it was the same with Waterford last year. You know, you you can you can make all the strides you like, but it's when you beat Kilkenny, yeah. even in their weakened state now or even in their, their lessened state than, than what they were. It's when you beat them. 
that's it. You've arrived. You, you're there. Absolutely. These, spent, these I, young Limerick lads don't care about today. Well, that was the thing. Because uh, like I said, I spent a decade going to see Waterford play Kilkenny and Waterford were waiting to get beaten. They're waiting for the moment that they get beaten. And as you say, this was when Limerick's moment to get beaten came with five minutes left in the match. They were a point up. Kilkenny cut through them. Richie Hogan stuck the ball in the net. Suddenly they were two points down in this game, which, by the way, up to that had been a superb game. It had been absolutely lashing rain for the duration of the game. And the referee decided the best way to referee this is I'll just give no freeze. <laughs> and that way nobody can complain. And the, the whole thing... Which isn't great, I to be honest. <laughs> well, it, it kind of worked. <laughs> because the whole thing, the tension was just ratcheting up the whole way through because it was kind of... It was tight all along and everybody was getting slightly annoyed going, why is there no freeze being given in this match? And, and people sliding everywhere and because uh, it was so, just such greasy, wet conditions. So there are two points down. And this is, as you say, Gavin, when the questions are being answered of them. They take a puck out, they land it on Tom Morrissey, he catches it out of the sky and puts it over the bar. Brilliant re- re- response. Then they managed to put together a tight move too many short passes, you could argue. Kyle Hayes, who's 20, I think. He was 19 at the 19 time. 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. Picks up a ball and anybody would see glory up ahead of them and shoot at the post. He was outside the 65, but he has the control to play this ball down the line to Peter Casey, who comes out onto it, swings it over the bar, and they're level. And immediately after that, something similar happens again, where, where Galan does the exact same thing, where he could shoot, doesn't shoot, takes the right option, and suddenly Limerick are in front. And that's incredible from, from there. Kilkenny, though, being Kilkenny, equalise. And you do think, oh, they're gonna, Kilkenny are going to tough this out. And it was then that Tom Morrissey got that point. But w- what happened in the lead up to that was incredible. There was a ball breaking around midfield and the two teams went for it. And there was five turnovers in the space of 12 seconds. Because I actually had to, like, I was like Gavin, I had to count it last night. It's incredible. Like people getting the ball, being hooked, Buster, the ball yeah. pop, popping out of a hand when somebody's kind of hit a shoulder. Somebody goes to pick it up, they lose their footing. Five turnovers and it eventually ended with Limerick switching the ball and having the wherewithal to do it to the far wing where Tom Morrissey had space. He set on like a, about a 60 metre run down the wing and stuck it over from out on the sideline. Mm. And I, I think I was saying this on the day, as a neutral watching that, it was astonishing entertainment because uh, then they, they actually did finally get a free and won it. But a, a friend of mine who was at the match, I texted him just to say, what, what did you think of that? And he was a neutral as well. And his response was just to say, my hands are shaking. Yeah. Like it was mm. an astonishing, just elemental day of hurling. And it was also, as you say, Gavin, it was the day that you kind of realised, well, Limerick have a lot about them here. They managed, the fact they managed to keep their heads there and against Kilkenny, uh, makes you think they could go a long way. You have to and slice Kilkenny up to yeah. get where you need to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like nobody's going to win the World Cup next year without beating the All Blacks. You yeah. know, I can't get over the the, the characters of their young lads because they talked a little bit afterwards. Because mm. John Kiley told us they were not allowed to talk to them very Beforehand, very strictly yeah. after the semis, mm. but there was method in that as well. But just um, they're just so impressive. Mm. Like they've got so much about them. Mm. Uh, we've seen it before once or twice. We kind of saw it with the Clare team and. But they didn't follow yeah, it up. Like, I really believe that this Limerick team will follow this All Ireland. I up. haven't a clue. I mean, I remember we were, we talked about this after after the final. Um, you know, there's ab- there's absolutely no guarantee Limerick even get out of Munster next year. Like, you know, the the Munster teams were so even, uh, all five of them this this year that you yeah. know, uh, a few pucks of the ball one way or the other. 
and Limerick could come fourth next year. You know, yeah, like Limerick did finish yeah. third in Munster last finished, year, yeah, and uh, Tipperary and Waterford yeah. finished below them. Both of new managers in this year, who exactly. you expect to get a bit of a bounce. Teams get better. Certain teams get better teams when they win all Ireland. I think yeah. Limerick will be one of those teams as well, so I, yeah. because but we all thought Clare would be as well. True, and we were damn sure of it. And it took them to this year to get back to Croke Park. This was their t- first time back in five years. So uh, they did all right, didn't they? They did fine. Yeah, that was yeah. I, th- I think my hurling memory was the last the eight minutes of injury time in the All Ireland final, which Galway went into seven points down and scored two goals. Uh, and by the time they scored their two goals, there was still four minutes of injury time left, and everybody was going. Oh my God, this is just... Yeah. This is like, everybody was thinking of Offaly in 94. Everybody was. And uh, they, they had loads of time to, to win the bloody game. Uh, and for it to come down to Joe Canning with a 100-yard free, which he sort of under... He mishit. And Tom Condon to come running out with the ball. It was, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And then, like, like if there's a moment of the year, Gavin, like, it's it's... What two minutes after the final whistle goes, and the stands are just jumping, jumping, a, jumping, and a celebration, the, like and the cranberries like, comes yeah. over. I know, yeah. like cranberries comes over. It's so obvious. Breaks but, but, in but this, Dolores' this, voice. Yeah. yeah, when they're all on the pitch celebrating was yeah. just so special. And that the brilliant photos. intro. That brilliant intro to to dreams yeah. by the That's cranberries. Just families, just the Limerick starts. people all around the place going. And yeah, everybody in tears. Everybody in tears. The hill. The pictures of the hill. Of the young uh, Limerick lads and girls, yeah. all of celebrating as yeah. people roughly their age. They're all around the same age. It's just like fifteen to twenty one, twenty two, yeah. all coming down to them. Yeah. Like it was, it was just. Magic. I, did a, I did a piece the following week, like talking to like four different like supporters, ex players, yeah, yeah, right, that kind yeah, of stuff. Great. And uh, I just said uh, when I was finished, I said. Right, that's it. From now on, my my only work is to is to write about uh, teams that have ended forty five year wait, right. wait for titles. <laughs> oh, everyone's it was, picking up the phone. All it the was time, the yeah. easiest piece I've written all year, and the yeah. most fun, and it was great. Like it was, I it, it really enjoyed doing it because everybody's just delighted to tell you their stories. Mm. But it was it, it is a, a genuine and like it is the difference between between like that is a story and like that's all we ever want you know when we're covering these things all we ever want is a story like obviously everybody has their own biases everybody has where they're from because all you but all you ever want is a story that's why in fairness and we'll get on to talking about the football in in a minute well later but uh, that's why the dubs aren't really even a story this year they'd be a story next year Mm. one way or the other well, if they do the five in a row or if they're thwarted, then it's a story, you know, one way or the other. But even though only three teams have... Uh, the Dubs last year were the fourth team ever to do four in a row. It doesn't get you out of your seat the way the Limerick thing did or Galway did. The funny thing is that Joe Canning's entering that dark forest of revenge. And his friends from the tribes. Uh, Mary, very, very straightforward for you. What the yeah, moment of the year is. I just remember <clears throat> during the summer, I was up in Donegal, kind of been out kind of later in the day and coming back and putting on the nine o'clock news on the telly and like the lead story is hockey. Yeah. 
and you're thinking this is mad <laughs> mad stuff you know I mean like because you should people should know like you've done your time with the hockey now yeah and, and anyone who would ever like Johnny Waterson <clears throat> will tell you the same if you over the years would have covered Ireland at a European Championships mm. or very occasionally a World Cup that wouldn't have happened too often um, on the Sunday morning you're usually getting up around four in the morning to get to the venue to see Ireland play in the last place playoff. Mm. Like, that's really mm. how it has always been. Yeah. And, like, as you're kind of heading for the airport, everyone's arriving for the final, you know, and it's just <laughs> you and three dogs and a squirrel kind of at and the And a game. few parents. So, and a few parents, yeah. that's it. But, um, so, yeah, like, to come from that not all that long ago to this craziness was, was mad stuff. Can she find a way past the Spanish keeper, Ruiz, in these eight seconds? Pinder scored with her first shuttle. Pinder scores with her second! And Ireland are in the Hockey World Cup final! The second Lawrence Rand side in the competition rip up the form book once more and will play in the final match tomorrow afternoon. What a result for Graham Shaw and his players! Like there was a, a low hum, as it always is with these things, you know, they, they, they started off, they, they did an early win and people were going, all right, the women are in the hockey, is, it, is that a big thing? Is that, yeah. you know, is that, and are, they, are the other teams any good and, and, and all that sort of stuff? But like, it was definitely mm. that penalty shootout yeah, that yeah. the country went, whoa. And everybody yeah. at that stage, it wasn't even that, yeah. that, like, it wasn't even that they sort of cottoned onto it after that. Uh, Everybody was just, watching that. And just got so into it. Mm. And I, I think a lot of that was kind of just the team, the, the their joy, you know. I mean, we talked about Limerick. I mean, I was thinking of Thomas Barr, you know, mm. the smiliest athlete in yeah. Irish history. When you see kind of teams Genuine and individuals yeah. just utter joy like at their achievements it kind of sucks you in yeah. you know there's no doubt and from game to game to game that's it. you know you yeah. could see them in between games yeah. you could see them having the crack together that's it. and you were you were just you were wanted to follow it and of course yeah. nobody knew really mm. like we you, we'd all watch it and we'd kind of go ah yeah Jesus the hockey yeah, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> like watching like watching the winter olympics you're you're an expert on the on the ski jump after 20 yeah. minutes yeah. like everybody's a hockey expert for 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 a week or two I, I think they just all came over so well i mean Graeme Shaw i think is a really impressive fella and and they uh, like I heard him kind of interviewed there the other day and they were talking about like he was available for interviews like 30 seconds after mm -hmm. matches all the players were they were just loving this moment in the sun mm -hmm. which they've never had before good stories Mary Inder, about, in, about the individuals completely. on that team completely and like and I think people would have been surprised too there'd be certain like stereotypes about the whole thing but you know a lot of these girls came from camogie backgrounds soccer backgrounds Gaelic football which I think kind of surprised people people it didn't fit in like to how uh, they you weren't all from two schools in South Dublin uh, that's it yeah. exactly and um but just great stories. I mean, Johnny Waterson did a fantastic mm. piece after, just looking at it from all kinds of angles. And I love the one, Emily Beattie, who was kind of a reserve for the squad, was unlucky to, to miss out. But then Megan Fraser was injured in the semi-final. Mm. So Emily happened to be in London anyway. That's she was there as a fan. Story. Yeah, yeah. It's just the best line of, of the whole year. She talked to Johnny about getting a call in her hotel 
on the morning of the final from Graeme Shaw, can you make it? I'd like you to play in the World Cup final. And she was, you know, like leapt into a taxi. <laughs> she had to get to the other side of London. Yeah. It was mad stuff. So she said to the taxi driver, this is an emergency. I'm playing in a World Cup final. And he was, huh? <laughs> so like he ended up taking a photo of her and putting it on the taxi union <laughs> Facebook thing. And it was just mad stuff. It was just a kind of a crazy story. But um, yeah, and the television coverage, like everything. I mean, you kind of think, like this year, there was the rowing, there was Sunita. We probably only see rowing generally at the Olympics. Gymnastics with Reese. Reese McLennan. And do we ever see gymnastics outside? So, like, and again, I've heard the point made because RT has lost so much big sport like the last couple of years. There's kind of space now a little Mm. bit for for this stuff. And it was just so new to people, like sports they would rarely, if ever, see. People they knew nothing about, their stories, didn't know anything. And then suddenly, like, achieving amazing things. So... But it, it was a crazy story. I mean, mm. Ireland in the World Cup final in hockey. Whatever about the men, because, I mean, they'd had some very good years, a lot of really good quality players playing professionally in Europe, like at a high level. So that would have still been very unlikely, but kind of less unlikely. So this this was just, it was a kind of a magical trip for them. And um, and I just love the way they've really, they've been so prominent since and they're getting their chances now, like in so many outlets to kind of tell their stories. And uh, yeah, great story. There's a, next Saturday in the in the paper, the magazine is doing their photographic review of the year. And there's various sections, you know, world news, politics and all that. And in the sports section, the main picture is the girls basically sprinting from the line after the penalty shootout. It's a fantastic picture because like you said, yeah, their faces I, their faces are all just yeah. lit up and essentially all there's hockey sticks gone everywhere because yeah. they've all just thrown the hockey sticks <laughs> and just started sprinting towards yeah. Pinder to celebrate. And she's, the camera on the TV caught her going the other way but the right. cameraman caught the kind of, the charge towards her yeah. and it was just an explosion of joy and it, like sometimes sports need something, a, a grabbing image like that to make you go, Oh, okay. Maybe I, I, I like Camogie. I, I could play. I could play hockey as well. You know, all right, yeah. Give that a go. Yeah, and look, you know, it is the year of twenty twenty. The year of all of that. I can't see. Can't be. Yeah. Like, what yeah. better time? Yeah. What better time so for girls to be sitting watching the TV and going, yeah. "Oh my God!" Yeah. Like, I know these people. I know. Like, this is within reach. Mm-hmm. Like to to. Complete to demystify something That's like it. a hockey World Cup, yeah. which you know it may as well before this year you may as well have been talking about playing golf on Pluto. That's it. That's it. As as playing in a World Cup final. Yeah, and now we have the culture of the Dubs and the culture of Joe Schmidt's rugby team and all that. Wouldn't it be great if this team gets the funding and the support, mm. and that drum keeps getting beaten? So when they do get to Tokyo twenty twenty, they can they have no excuses for whatever they do. Mm. Because there is a risk of that that they don't uh, get. I sure look, you've been around it. You saw you saw what happened with the rugby. You saw this splash and this exact sort of splash happen, yeah. and it just withered away. Just you know, and that can happen. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. They made sure. Did, they made sure they didn't continue it. They made sure the women's rugby team wasn't brought on after that Marcuses World Cup, um, and didn't go on to the next level and be the team that be the, the successful legacy that they should have had. Um, because they didn't have the, support, the right right support. So we've seen it before. So hopefully we don't see it again with the women's hockey team. Well, as you said, Pat Shane Ross, is that all in, in hand? Yes. I don't think there's anything to worry about. <laughs> I don't think we should actually 
talk about him. <laughs> Let's move on in that case. Let's move on. Point. See, seeing as you did get another mention of the dubs in, we may as well. <laughs> what we can do have Den Malachy is move on to your highlight of the yes. year, which is Gaelic football, but yes. just to annoy Not Gav, as we know it. Yeah. <laughs> not you, the dubs. You've not picked the dubs. <laughs> no. <laughs> Poor Gav. Oh, we've got it in enough. I think it's been established, so it's fine. Ton Ashling on Ashling. The Ashling is the dream. That's the dream of Mullinyakta. Mullinyakta, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, the, maybe it says everything about the football year that uh, my highlight uh, is in essentially the last football match and the last football weekend of the year on the second weekend in December. It, it could be, you know, it, maybe, maybe it's just being willful. Just deciding, ah, yeah, you know, the the wee lads winning is is the biggest story of the year. But as I I sort of hinted at earlier, you know, the the dubs is very impressive. They it is, and it's a it's a real treat, you know, to be covering the sport. Uh, I'm certainly not one of these people that kind of just says, well, you know, it's the dubs; they should be winning. Like it's 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 inevitable. What they do isn't inevitable. They're fantastic group of players brilliantly coached and it is very very impressive but you know the way like you know when you're watching a plane flying through the sky uh, you're standing looking at it going above you and it's kind of even though it's going at an insane speed as you're standing on the ground and you're looking up at it it seems to be kind of going on its own sort of slow way across the horizon and you're looking at it going you become inured to it you become, you kind of go eh Oh yeah, there's another plane. Whereas, if you stop to think about it, it's insane that that is happening. It's insane that something of you that... Never get on a plane again. It's insane stop. that something of that tonnage is so brilliantly engineered and so fantastically put together. You're talking about Keanu Sullivan, yeah? Yes. <laughs> I sometimes feel it's like that watching the dubs. You know, like, like we're sitting there watching them this year. Uh, I was at... Um, there was a charity match the Dubs played uh, Meath uh, the other day for Sean Cox uh, for, to support the Sean Cox fund. And Eric Lowndes, who's in and, uh, in and around the Dublin panel, you know, played a fair few games in the Leinster Championship this year, um, scored a point uh, there Sunday week ago um, from about 40 metres out on the right. It was a pot shot. It was a brilliant score. Anybody else kicks it or any other team kicks it you go oh what a score keep an eye on that guy I would say I'd be fairly certain it's the longest range point Dublin scored all year and it was in a challenge match Sunday week ago because they don't do that and he'd be told afterwards not to take that absolutely shot absolutely not they don't take pot shots they've just they've melded their game into the points that they score you and I could score mm. and so while it's fantastic that they've done the four in a row, it is not. It's not the highlight of the year because it, it's not exciting. You know, it doesn't. It it's very impressive without being exciting. Whereas, like 
when you saw, I would imagine most people didn't even watch Mullinyakta win the uh, Leinster Club Championship against Kilmacud uh, a couple of weeks ago. Because A, who's watching football at that time of year? And B, Kilmacud were going to win like they were miles odds on favourite. And Mullinyakta, as you know, the numbers are completely well worn at this stage, but they're a parish of a half parish of 450 people. You know, the half the team doesn't live there in this small village. Uh, like one of them commutes home from Edinburgh uh, on a weekly basis to play for them. Other lads come from Dublin, come from Galway. They, it should not happen, you know. They, but even if you weren't watching it, when you heard about it, you went, no way, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Seriously, that team beat Kilmacud with the thousands of members and all that, and the Paul Mannion and the Keanu O'Sullivan and the Pat Burke and all these guys. the croaks on a Sunday morning or Saturday morning and watch the operation of thousands of kids is going on up there. And that happens all around Dublin. Like there's six, seven of those clubs. I, I'm beside Nafina and it's exactly the same. Mm. All these clubs with, that put out 60, 70, 80 teams on a weekend. Like on paper, how much of an achievement was it? Like, I mean, compared to two teams, how, how, how great an achievement was it in... Well, no, partly, I must say, I didn't think that this Kilmacud team was, was you know, they weren't, say, to compare to the Vincent's teams that have been coming out of Dublin the last couple of years. You know, Mannion, came out though, yeah. Mannion is obviously very yeah. special and I was at the Dublin County Final and he was completely unplayable and untouchable. He was just beyond the beyonds. It was probably the best individual performance I saw all year. But uh, as, as Dublin County Championships go county champions go I didn't think that they were amazing I actually thought that Port Leash were going to beat them were, were well suited to beat them in the semi-final but like that when it got to the final I just presumed uh, I know I knew that Mullinyakta had run Vincent's close last year but you know they shouldn't win they just shouldn't win and I think that's the key like that's that's what you come out of because as, as we were sort of saying earlier like that's what you want you know, in this job, you want stories. You want to come across things that make you go, no way. And again, you go back to the joy, you know oh. what I mean? Like, yeah, and look, and look there's one. a bit of that with, with Guidor. Like, Jesus, yeah, the, the, the previous week, <laughs> yeah. there was certain, you know. They celebrated it, it may well. Not, may not, may not there, yeah. uh, Chuck Michel in Guidor yeah. may not just be as pure as the picture of the hockey girls throwing their sticks <laughs> in the air, devil make her. <laughs> Neil, <laughs> Neil, Neil McGee tweeted, anybody know where my car is you know it's not <laughs> not quite on the same level but it's the same sort of thing you want you want sport to just get you yeah. to grab you like that you just warm to that you know mm. I mean it's it's wonderful and I mean as you say about that final that was shouldn't have happened you know mm. and I'm sure a lot of people just didn't even switch it on because they're like oh well you know, that's it a is, foregone conclusion it is completely true that like the reason the four of us are in the room right now is because at some stage we fell in love with sport and it's things like that that make you fall in love with it like because something that just moves you to that degree and they're all kind of stories that that moved you and like you couldn't but be moved by Mullinyakta or the hockey girls you yeah. know it, it, it is just something or, that lights the fire or beating the All Blacks or Limerick yeah. beating Kilkenny and going on to win the All-Ireland like there's a there's imagine what it's like to be a kid now what they're having this year like, I mean, these know, kind yeah. of influences yeah. having your formative years or whatever yeah. you know? you're playing a lot of sport a lot of different yeah. sports <laughs> yeah. yeah like I, I was 12 for Italia 90 you know yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I was whatever I mean, you're 40 that means you just turned 40 just yeah. turned 40 just yeah. like you yeah that's totally unnecessary <laughs> <Gav>. <laughs> well so did he <laughs> 
or even yeah, exactly like that. Or I was I was seven in nineteen eighty five when when Barry McGuigan was world yeah. champion and, 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 and Monaghan like, won yeah. the Ulster yeah. title. You yeah. know, that's what you want. Like that's what gets you. And I think uh, this year too, there were a lot of um, you know, for first you don't succeed kind of stories. I mean, mm. Thomas Barr, like yeah. for example. I mean, uh, you know, I think he said himself fourth in the Olympics. Kind of thought maybe I'll never get that close again. Mm. <clears throat> and here he is with a major kind of mm. medal and the, just his joy. Dominant Sunita, of course, same again, yeah. like so many years, so close, Push so back close, and, and backs, yeah. that's it. Like I'm thinking of like Moran Abbey in, in, the, in mm. the women's club uh, final, you know, three times last three, four three, years. Uh, three out of the last four finals you know, they lost. And just keep coming back, keep coming keep back. Keep coming back and then when you get there that's, and like they got there and, and they had it one after 20 minutes. That's just a, it, a complete yeah. statement of they just weren't this will not happen to us again. They we will not do, we, we are not driving yeah. back to Cork having been beaten in this game again. And yet again, that explosion of joy. Mm. And you, especially if there are people like that who've had so many kind of crappy days, you know, where they must have felt like chucking it all in. Mm. But just keep on going. And there were a lot, lot of stories like that like this year and they're great. They're, they're pr- pretty heartwarming kind of ones too. Yeah. Next year is a lot to live up to. Pat. <laughs> it really does, yeah. <laughs> We have to we have to win the Rugby World Cup. We, we have to get a medal for Keith Barr yeah. or Keith, not Keith Barr. Keith Barr, yeah. <laughs> Keith, Keith, if Keith Barr wins a medal at the World <laughs> Athletics Championships, that will be a surprise. Well, the rugby fellas will have to win the World Cup if they want a chance at the team award next year. You know, they're, yeah, they can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's all that Nothing. will suffice. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, definitely. I, I was, I just this unbelievable. It's real confidence now. There's no arrogance or anything like that. But you mm. just expect him to perform all the time. Mm. You just ex- expect him to be successful in the World Cup. Definitely get past the quarterfinals. E- even whether it's Springboks or New Zealand, it doesn't matter. You expect him to win that game, and then semis and finals is a whole different thing. But like England come to Dublin on February second. It's pretty relentless. There's massive European games before that. And it starts, yeah, it starts exactly like that. You know, yeah. there's no no let up from the start. But you did, there's such confidence in the team now yeah. because there was no Conor Murray in in November. You know mm. what I mean? Because you can pluck two or three players out of the team and it, it, the show keeps rolling. Sounds very like that other team that are going for five in a row Indeed. the parallels are sorry, the parallels start, are, yeah. are exactly there well look at that mention. we managed to get through a whole review of the year and we didn't mention Martin O'Neill once we didn't man- mention uh, Mick McCarthy all of that is going to be big next year didn't mention Tip Hurlers Pat no. did you that little that's favour that's fine going to stay under the radar there. Uh, <laughs> he's obviously, good with that obviously Liam Sheedy that's all going to change la- next year I'd laugh at you there going saying we have to win the World Cup next year whereas all you care about is not nothing to do with Tokyo yeah, at I all I don't care in the slightest <laughs> and uh, we have another year and actually we should say this before we go uh, the this year the Irish Times Sportswoman of the Year Awards yeah. have been harder and of a higher, harder to choose and of a higher standard our, than ever before. Our master generally asks us not to choose joint monthly yeah, winners. he doesn't like he that. He just likes us to be decisive. But um, I did ask him this year, could we share the overall between about eight people? About eight of them, would yeah. that be okay? <laughs> so he reckoned the cost of the trophies would bring the whole shebang down. So well, we should say, like you have judged that award for what? It's, it's getting on for 15 years now, more, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and this year is just nuts. It's been extraordinary, really, really beyond like, extraordinary. There are literally people who didn't even win a monthly award who in other years would have been... Would have been in know, the running for runners, the overall. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I was talking just the other day with Martina McMahon, the handball, mm. who 
won everything in, in 2018. She won three world titles over in America, won three All-Ireland titles. Um, just won the lot. We could not even get her on the list. Couldn't get her on, on I mean, it. Couldn't get her a monthly award. You know, because um, yeah. some months were just nuts. There yeah. were, like, so many of our great young athletes who had fantastic summers, like, couldn't get them on the list. Mm. So I'm kind of, you know almost mortified by the people we had to leave out yeah. because that's the kind of year it was. But isn't that amazing? Like, yeah. we, we, and when, when, when you started that award, like the, the idea oh. that we would get to a year yeah. like that, the okay. idea that you get to a year where uh, the, the shortlist for the RTE Award there a couple of, year, a couple of weeks ago, for the RTE Sports Person of the Year Awards, there was 13 uh, nominations and half of them were women. That's right, yeah. Like the, uh, that idea... 10 years ago is outlandish. Yeah. Phil Healy broke 100 metre and 200 metre records this year and we didn't mention her. We didn't mention Kelly Harrington. We didn't mention Katie right. Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're literally leaving out. The array we didn't, Ra- we didn't mention Rachel Blackmore yeah. who is doing extraordinary Phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal year. Outrageous stuff. You know, yeah. she, she is fighting for the Jockeys Championship. Yeah. Right has has, end, has yeah. already uh, and, we're, and we're heading into a Christmas period where she'll obviously win or hopefully win a load more mm. races but already doubled Nina Carberry's record of the most uh, winners by a female in a a season. And we're not even halfway through the season yet. It's It's amazing. Anyway, that was 2018, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your patience coming in and helping out with the podcast, if and when we need it. Happy Christmas tomorrow. Happy Christmas tomorrow day. Yes, indeed. I hope your elf on the shelf is in its right spot. And um, I'll do my Christmas shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see everybody next year. Good luck. Good luck. See you, jingle bells. Jingle bells.